TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. This podcast is brought to you by Men's Tea Clinic. Men's Tea Clinic is the team I trust with my total wellness optimization, and so should you. Five DFW locations with North Frisco, El Dorado Parkway at Dallas North Tollway now open. Call 972-GO-MEN'S-TEA or visit mensteaclinic.com. Here we go. It's hour three of the G Bag Nation on 105.3 The Fan. That topic and more coming up in the rim session, boys. I'm going to go ahead and bring it to the masses. Uh, Let's go, baby. Top 10. Cooking up a top 10 list Yeah, we got a new top 10 idea. Oh, you got a top 10 on it. Yeah, Bobby Belt Saunter might be number one. I I want to know who's outside the top 10. Oh, man. That is coming up in uh, 20 minutes. It's time now for an edition of Football's Finest. And here is Eric with uh, the details. Okay, so yesterday the ringer gave us a couple of things to look at uh, when it comes to the Packers. They tried to uh, strike a little fear into us about uh, the coverages that Joe Barry throws uh, and how you know Dak is generally less good versus those coverages, the cover twos, the cover fours, the cover sixes. Um, but I, I think we'll get some good news on that front today as we start to pick apart this Packers team. Now, um, the other thing that I am teeing up to ask you boys is, you know, have have they, since the Bills game, have the Cowboys got a firm grip on this run defense situation? I mean, Aaron Jones is sort of trending in a, a hugely positive direction for the Packers right now with the way he closed out the season. We know what he's done over the years, Aaron Jones, versus the Cowboys. Yeah. So there's some fear there for sure. Uh, but after that Buffalo game, it's it's definitely gotten better. I mean, you're talking about in that game giving up 266 yards, right, versus Buffalo. And then when you add up the totals versus Miami, Detroit, and Washington, you get to 266 once again. So you give up 266 yards on the ground to Buffalo. Since then, every game combined, you've given up the exact amount, except you've done it over the course of 74 attempts and 3.6 yards a carry. So the run defense post Bills game has been pretty impressive, and they've done. You know, the Detroit game I think is the one that's most impressive, uh, but Miami impressive as well. You give up 91 yards uh, to a Miami rushing attack that could explode for a 50 yard touchdown run at any moment, and you do Detroit Miami both without uh, Jonathan Hankins. Right. So I mean, do you do do you feel like you can be confident in the run defense going into Sunday, or is that still one of the higher-priority, nerve-wrecking things that you have as you go to sleep at night, Walchuk? I, I think it still is uh, a, a concern. Because you're right. I mean, the the Lions, I was concerned. Like, would they just run the ball all over you? They did have a couple of chunk runs, but I don't think they— A couple called back, too. They did have a couple called back. But. I don't think that they ran it as much as I was expecting, and some of that might have been, okay, the Cowboys got the lead, right? So then they had to throw the ball around. I think if they got a rematch, it might be a little bit different in terms of Ben Johnson's play calling. But, yeah, I, I think last year, you know, Matt LaFleur knows what worked, and the Cowboys were not able to stop Aaron Jones. It, but specifically, it wasn't even and with the Hankins return, it'll help because maybe he's able to keep your linebackers clean. But it was what we've talked about with – you know, some of the pill and pull stuff and the crack toss stuff that has caused you issues when you've played against teams like Arizona and San Francisco and then what we saw with James Cook and Buffalo. So 
I think they still have to prove it in a postseason game against a guy that's kind of had your number before I'm really not going to feel like it's an issue. I, I think it still is probably my number one concern heading into this game. Hmm. Right. Didn't you do the pill and pull with Favre back in the day? Wasn't that a common move? It's really just the, it was that the, was more in the in the locker room than the field, though, right? Yeah, the pill, the pill and pull. You, you, know, were, the, you were the puller. What, I, th- I, th- I, th- I had to think about what you were saying. It's pretty. Nifty I move. was not the. I was not the pillar. I was the, the puller. I was the provider of beverage. You don't have to lie. To oh, us. you're the beer guy. I was a beer guy. So yeah. what I would do? How is, else are you going to wash down your opioids? That's yeah. That's <laughs> what beer? I. That I am. No. Gu- that I am guilty of. That I am actually guilty of. All right. Appreciate I, the honesty. Yeah, yeah. Hell of a friend. Pills, me. pills in shoe, <laughs> beer cup in Gatorade cup above the locker. So, yes. Okay. I am curious, too, because when you look at the next-gen chart for Aaron Jones, just from last week's game, it was yeah. a really good game for him. 22 carries uh, versus the Bears, 111 yards, plus 16 yards, rushing over expectation. But when you look at where a lot of the damage went, there were – Definitely. So it was kind of all over the place, but there's plenty of his five yards or more gained like in between the guards where they, right. I, I think a lot of it is they do that toss. It's a toss, but it's a it's a, like a a gap hitter. It's yeah. it's something you've seen over the course of the last like two or three years that offenses have implemented. But I'm seeing a lot of green chunk, five, 10, 15, 20 yard runs inside it looks like like from sort of maybe B gap to B gap versus the Bears where it's mm. like okay maybe maybe they are more willing than ever with Aaron Jones to to hit it right down the spine of the defense. Mm. Yeah, the, what they what they really want to do is they do a lot of trapping. And I mean the trapping of they you know they'll pull they'll pull two guys. They'll pull the I've seen him pull the guard and I've seen him pull the center actually and then trap and try and kind of hit things inside there but you uh the he's certainly a threat on the edge you know, without question there's yeah, plenty of the, stuff getting outside but yeah. i was pretty impressed with wow chunk plays here lighting up green on the next gen chart and it's just right like from guard to guard yeah they uh it's it's a it's a it's a group that when you when they hand him the ball they're look they're trying to create a Trying to create an opportunity for him to search where he wants to hit it. Does he want to hit it back yeah, all the way? Yeah, yeah that's, that's the thing. If Dallas is bad in this run game, if Dad, if Dallas is bad, and that's why they trap or they block the backside because they don't want you chasing, they don't want you chasing the ball. So, you know, if Dallas is bad, it's going to be on the backside of the defense where all of a sudden they've got say say Hankins takes care. Of the center and the guard, and now they cut the backside off, and now there's that cutback area where he can hit it. That's what he's trying to do. They're giving him the opportunity to find where he wants to go with the ball. So Dallas, if you know, it's that that backside is going to be huge, and and they and they were able to hit some big plays against the Bears because the Bears were slanting their front, and mm. then they were running away from the slant, so they were catching them right. So Say the Bears were all slanting to their left, they were hitting the ball on the right, and it, it caused it caused a problem for them. Yeah, I uh, I did see as well. You talked about how you know the Packers are one of the best teams in the sport when it comes to not giving up pressures. You know they're keeping yeah. Jordan Love pretty clean. Yeah, they are, and uh, you know uh, a part of that too is you know him. I guess throwing on the run. I saw from Mina Kimes and Aisha Morrison. 31st in QBR on the run. Yeah, it's been is a problem. Jordan Love. It's been a problem. Yeah. So you keep him in that pocket, 
um, and he can he can beat you. But right. when you fluster him and get him outside the pocket, all of a sudden he's a lesser version of himself, that's, which is surprising because he's he's got some of the acrobatic throwing. Oh, that was that, that was bad mechanics, but the arm got it there. That's a problem though for him. Like when his footwork, he threw, he had a pass on the goal line on a fourth down that they had they had the receiver wide open on the play to the to the flat, and he just his feet were so bad on the throw that he just you know trying to kind of Aaron Rodgers flip it out there and it went just way he he it sails missed, on him yeah he misses yeah. high his ball his ball kind of floats a little bit too when you watch him throw it down the field it floats mm. it's not a direct. And it might be because of the conditions that they're playing in. You know, when you're evaluating games in Green Bay and it's 23 degrees or something like that, you know. But his ball tends to float a little bit. And when his feet are bad, his 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 accuracy becomes bad. And that's why I said I think you need to kind of try and speed him up. Mm-hmm. You know, make him have to kind of hurry his throws because he's not as accurate when that happens. Yeah, because I, I from what I've seen, when he's just sitting unscathed in the pocket, yeah. he, he can just slice and dice you up, yeah. and that'll get bad on you. But, uh, okay, so yesterday we talked about their defense. They run a lot of coverages that are you know advantageous when you're playing against a quarterback like Dak, but uh, when, you, when you dig into it further about this Packers defense, and we know generally they're not well thought of, uh, but I think it's even worse because some people have been hammering home, well, the Packers top 10 in scoring defense, you know, they don't really give up that many points um but when you break it down a little bit more i mean the packers offense plays at an extremely slow slow pace yeah so when you break it down to the points allowed per drive the packers defense is actually 22nd in the league so they the offensively they slow the game down they minimize the amount of drives that there are but their defense is still bottom third in the league when it comes to points allowed per drive and sumer sports when they run the simulations for the game the cowboys project 29 points this week and when you see their pass defense for the packers especially in the middle um and then on the right side deep like i'm expecting some brandon cooks deep down the right sideline action cd lamb of course but the middle of their pass defense is bottom third um in terms of expected points added at every level like short middle intermediate middle deep middle they can be had in a huge way and so i'm i'm super excited i mean they also rank 20th or worse in all four coverages that they run the most so they run the cover two they run the cover four the cover six whatever but they're bottom third compared to every other team in the league when it comes to those coverages so i'm extremely optimistic about how the cowboy offense is going to look especially being at home i think this is going to be a dak prescott cd lamb ferguson cooks laser show yeah and that's why i'm not too worried about you know defensively and there's a number of things to be worried about uh, you know, with the Packers offense. But even if the Packers offense gets the best of the Cowboys, I still think we have a better than 50% chance of winning this game just because you could outscore them. Two ways to win it, Chief. No doubt about it to me. That's right. Two ways to win it, but there are three phases. And I saw next-gen next gen, uh, having their next-gen kickoff returner all-pro style would be the Packers' Keyshawn Nixon. Mm. Uh, and it looks like he's got almost 300 yards more total um, – kickoff return yardage than the second best guy and plus 81 kick return yards over expected third most league wide like he's he's pretty much taking them out every time like anytime you kick it off he's the he's the guy that wants to give it a shot you know even if it's in the end zone he's your huckleberry on special teams (laughs) so when you look at though but aubrey's one of the best in the league when it comes to touchbacks right 
And he, uh, and that, I, I would, I guess that's that's your that's kick it probably all the way that's your neutral. That's the way you. That's the way so you just you, you just you just you mash kick it out of the back of the there, end zone yeah. every time. You don't have to worry about him. Yeah. Is he their punt returner as well, Keyshawn Nixon? I, I haven't. Look, I'm gonna look at their special teams tonight. Okay, because I always try and find some place to maybe block a kick and see if somebody's done something creative to maybe create opportunity. Rich Basacci is their special teams coach, former Cowboys, oh, one of the best well. in the league. Yeah. One of the better ones, yeah. Okay, very good. Now, uh, moving on here, how do you guys like this as a tactic? Because when you when you see this at first glance, you're going, what are we doing here? And then I think this is actually something the Panthers might be sort of uh, evolving the, uh, the, the interviewing game at a pretty high level. Because you'll get the notification from Adam Schefter five hours ago that the Panthers are going to be interviewing Eagles offensive coordinator. Is this real? Yeah, a little breaking news here on the fan brought to you by BetQL. Smarter bets start with BetQL. Download the BetQL app or visit BetQL.com today. Nick Saban retiring. Yeah, I just saw, I, I thought, like, are we getting ball sacked here? But no. I'm glad he saved this for football's finest. This was perfect timing by Nick. Yeah, this is, what? This is official. Nick Have you guys Saban's confirmed retiring. this? Yes. Yeah, it's confirmed. You're not getting, you're I, not I, getting I, sacked. I got wind of it two minutes ago. One minute ago, Marcus Spears tweeted it. Jeez. Um, number of reporters are just echoing it. What a it would be the ball sacking of the year if this is not true at this point. Of coaching news. Pete Carroll the older, the older, the older coaches are moving on. Nick Saban's retiring. Holy cow. Bill Belichick, is he going to be the next domino today? No, going to find out about him? Bill Belichick's going to coach Alabama. Boy, perfect timing. <laughs> oh, wow. Perfect timing to go to the SEC, isn't it? Wow. Of oh, your Texas and Oklahoma. Man. The, everything wow. just got a lot easier. Wow. I wonder if Dabo Sweeney's going to get that Alabama job now. Is that where he came from, or did he, he go to school a, there or something? He's yeah, alum. he's a Bama guy. He's an alum. I think that's yeah. always been the job that he said, look, I'd leave yeah. Clemson maybe for that. Yeah. So that Holy would that smokes, would make some sense. Dude. That Lane, is Lane, wild. Lane Kiffin, the way he plays the NIL deals and the portals and things, maybe an opportunity for Lane Kiffin there at Alabama. Wow, dude. Okay, this is, this is very surprising. And Micah Parsons, quote tweeted, said NIL played a big part in this, I bet. Maybe it did. Maybe yeah, the just escape of college football changing the way the way it's changed. You might just say, I, "I don't even, I don't want to do this anymore." Yeah, six national championships at Bama. Yeah, and he's had seven overall because he won one at LSU. That's right. Yeah, is he the greatest of all time? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I think so. Absolutely. Yes, doing it in multiple schools. Yes. Yeah, for college football, not just football in general, but for college college football. football yeah. Yes, college. Yeah, yeah. You could wow. put, put him up there with the Newt Rockneys and the. John McKay's, I mean, Bear Bryant, Joe Paternos, you can put them up with all those guys. Kudos to him, man. I mean, this is probably, this is probably the most human thing he's done that we could really point to. I mean, most of these guys can't let go. Most of these, it's like you have every well, reason to not yeah. be doing this anymore, dude. You've accomplished it all. Why are you still slaving away 365 days a year? Trying to trying to get back, trying to get back. At, at what point do you just say, "I'm good now"? I, I'm right. like, I, I, I got it, man. Six well, titles in at least. Yeah. You know, what, what, ha- yeah. Oh. What happens is, though, I think you get to a point where, uh, you know, you worry about what's going to happen to you afterwards. You know, because we've seen coaches that have your identity is so wrapped up into it, kind of thing. Well, they, they if you're that they, good at it, like I, I would walk away much earlier if I was just a 500 coach. I'm like, man, this is stressful. All this losing, yeah. it takes a toll on you. But if you're winning, that's when I would have a hard time walking. Well, and maybe uh, Nick Saban foresees less winning in, in where it's at, and so it's not yeah. worth it. But yeah, but I think you also he's he's got other interests though. 
He's got other things outside. Well, he just, the you know, he's got Ferrari you know, dealership. Yeah, his car dealerships and stuff. Oatmeal so, cream pies. Yeah, yeah, I mean, he's got other, other things. But we've seen coaches that have retired have passed away two, three months later. They just they don't, you know, they just don't know what they don't want to do. And they just, you know, they, they're, they're into that every day, that same lifestyle over and over and over, getting ready for games, getting ready for seasons, getting ready for recruiting, getting ready. You, know, you, you, you live that life. And then all of a sudden you're out of it and you're like, and then you just stop. And then, you know, we've seen these, these like Bear Bryant, he literally passed away you know, two months mm. after he left Alabama. Is, how attractive is that Bama job now compared to some of these NFL gigs? Oh my gosh. Yes. You know, like yes. if you, they could probably pull from the NFL yes. ranks if they want yes. for their next head coach. Yes, absolutely. I, I, I could see them going to get a younger, like I, say, I think Lane Kiffin's got a great shot at that job. Lane Kiffin knows how to play the NIL game, going there and having that kind of budget for Alabama. Alabama football raises $100 million a year just on itself. Wow. Just on itself. You know, so it, the money that they could generate there, a young coach like that with, you know, that, that makes a lot of sense. Definitely feels like a huge win for all of the SEC, but in particular yeah. OU, Texas going in, no Nick Saban. LSU, glad to see him gone. I mean, it's very difficult to rethread that needle. Bama is a legendary program, for, but for most of my childhood and well into my adult life, they weren't a power. They had like one there year was a run. in 91. There yeah. was a run, and it really, uh, I'm trying to think after Gene Stallings left there, they had a run where Mike Shula was there. They've, they've De, uh, DeBose was a coach there. They've had some runs where they weren't, yeah, Alabama, like we know it. And this and, gives and, you a breather. And, yeah, absolutely, uh, absolutely. Yeah. And, and who knows? You know, maybe, maybe, maybe it could be twenty years. Hell, it happened to Michigan. It's yeah. happened to Nebraska. Um, really so, happened in Nebraska. Wow. Yeah, probably more difficult now considering the SEC power and the, and the network and everything that he's established. But him not being there, I think, allows everybody else to dream quite a bit more. Top 10 at 420 is coming up next. Bully, where are you taking us? Yeah, I know we love our Bill Burr audio. He is talking about Vrabel possibly replacing Belichick with the Patriots. But on this date 20 years ago, the rom-com Just Married was released. I know that's near and dear to Eric's heart. So I've got the top 10 best rom-coms of the 2000s specifically. 2000 to 2009, that's next. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. That clock at four. Doncic. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. T-Mobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela 
is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Welcome back, nation. It's time now for Woolchuck's Top 10. Segments brought to you by the Frankels. Life's unpredictable. Accidents happen. Frankel and Frankel, the go-to attorneys for car and truck wrecks and DFW. If you or a loved one's been in an accident, contact Frankel and Frankel for a free consultation, 214 or 817-333-3333. Go online to truckwreck.com. Nick Saban has retired. We spent the last five minutes, the last segment, uh, breaking that news. There's one report, Chief Dan Lanning, coach at Oregon, is the top candidate. According to Brett McMurphy of the Action Network, he's a pretty plugged-in college football insider. He says that's going to be the number one. A lot of names getting thrown around, but according to him, Dan Lanning, Oregon, is the the top dog. I guess he was a grad assistant there in 2015. Okay. uh, And then he was under Kirby Smart. He went with him to Georgia. So he's got... That type of report with the SEC. Uh, Washington has Bama ties, DeBoer, uh, and, and, and of course, uh, Dabo as well. And, and then Steve Sarkeesian at Texas. Oh, you know, there were some well. people throwing out, hey, Texas, you, may, you might need to give Sark a raise. Keep him away from Alabama. Yeah, I think it would be an interesting list. Like, how many coaches out there wouldn't leave their job for Bama in this opportunity? Anyway, here's uh, Woolchuck, the uh, the top ten. You're Wooly Bully. Absolutely nuts right now what's going on in the world of coaching. We'll get to uh, the top ten best rom-coms, the romantic comedies of the 2000s here in just a moment in honor of Just Married uh, being released 20 years ago today, which is an underrated film. I think it's quite good. But I did want to play, of course, we've got uh, Mike Vrabel in the news. He has been let go by the Titans, and there was a lot of rumors, right? Would he be the heir apparent to Bill Belichick in New England, giving their ties, and then he got into the Patriots Hall of Fame, you know, gave a speech there that apparently rubbed ownership with the Titans the wrong way. Maybe that's a reason what led to him being released. He didn't shy away from those Patriot head coaching rumors ever. But Bill Burr, noted Bostonian, big-time Patriot fan, he was with Rich Eisen, and uh, they were going back and forth about, you know, what about Vrabel taking over for Bill Belichick? Would you like to see that, Bill Burr? The Titans just fired Mike Vrabel, and the Patriots are apparently meeting in short order uh, the Crafts and Belichick. Uh, I know you were very full-throated for wanting to keep Belichick last appearance here. Would you Would you want Vrabel instead? Where Where do you stand on this front today? I, I don't know. I th- so much of this stuff was just media driven and everything. And just like, cause they just like saying, uh, what did I see? I saw the other day on, on Instagram, are the Beatles overrated? <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like the ultimate clickbait. You're going to get all the boomers be like the level of influence that they have cannot be measured. And then you're going to get all these young kids that grew up listening to rap. Going, ah, it's old people music. And then they got they got what they want, a bunch of people interacting on their app. And I feel like sports journalism, because of the amount of places people can be watching now, is just all about creating all of this stuff. Um, I would much prefer if, if they could sit down with Belichick and maybe he agrees, you know, to, to um, let somebody come in and be a GM. Mm-hmm. And we can build like through the draft or whatever. But th- this look, these things are always hard. I when I look at it, like you know, all the great coaches I saw growing up, Don Shula, Chuck Knoll, and all of that stuff. You know, they they always did. It's part of coaching that just becomes a point where I don't I don't know I don't I don't know I just uh, I'm sad that if it's over that it's over. I love Bill Belichick. I love Mike Brable Brable too and everything. But like I mean, how do you replace this guy? <laughs> 
Um, but then it becomes also, are we all hanging on too long? I don't know. I hate this question. <laughs> <laughs> I don't blame you. It's a tough one, brother. I just love that. I mean, he's literally going through it all in his mind right there. And he's like, you know what? F this. I don't want to talk about it. It's hard. It's hard yeah. to see these legends leave. And now you've got Nick Saban leaving, Bill Belichick maybe going. You know, what happens afterwards? It's absolutely nuts what's going on with the coaching carousels right now in the National Football League. Maybe Mike Vrabel goes to New England. Maybe Bill Belichick ends up staying there, like Bill just said, and they end up hiring a GM. I like the idea of the the old heads uh, coming together, forming their own their own coaching staff together and going somewhere. You know, it's Belichick, it's Saban, it's Carroll, and they go and like we're going to take on the Shanahan's, we're going to take on the McSexes, keep it the, out the, of the, the Lafleurs, the McDaniel's. Just we're going no for these new age guys. Just don't have that job. Apparently, Bamani Jones had this nailed with the Saban stuff a week ago on his show. He was talking about is Nick Saban retiring. I had not seen anybody else. Even, he was reading the tea leaves, huh? Even have this uh, as a possibility. But shout out to Bamani Jones, who deserves his flowers for this one. Absolutely incredible. It's shocking. Shocking news. Nick Saban retiring from Alabama, and we'll see what ends up happening. Uh, Dan Dan Lanning, if he ends up getting the job, I mean, Phil Knight could definitely say, hey, I'll pay you whatever Alabama's going to pay you, and then some just to keep him yeah. in Oregon if he wants to. But some of these coaches are probably going to benefit because they're going to end up getting a raise. Because you've got these other schools, the Alabama maybe trying to poach them. Mm-hmm. This is phenomenal. You know, it's the, you know what's amazing though. It, you know, you talk about Dan Lanning. How many coaches has Oregon gone through now since Chip Kelly? He's probably their third, fourth, maybe. Fourth? Mario Cristobal, and then. Well, we had that guy that ended up down at Florida State. The 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 coach that Nor- got Norvell. No, no, no. Oh, Norvell before him. Yeah. What was I, I? I'm sorry, I can't remember. The, I can't think of who that he, was. He went from yeah. Jeez. Uh, oh, Anyway, somebody will text it in. But we've we've gone through like four coaches, I believe, from at Oregon since Chip Kelly. And you would figure with all the money and stuff and facilities. Helfrick, Taggart, Cristobal. Taggart. Was Taggart. Taggart. McClendon. Willie, Willie Taggart. Uh, it, McClendon was an interim, then Dan Lanning. Okay, say them again, please. Uh, Helfrich was the first one. Right. Willie Taggart there was the go. second one. Mario there. Cristobal, then Dan Lanning. There you go. Yeah. Chip Kelly left in 2012. Yeah. You know, I, I thought Bill Burr's t- point was really interesting about how the media is just, you know, throwing stuff out to get engagement, and yeah. you see it way too much now. I think we give the national media a hard time for how stupid they are with this Jerry Jones story. Like, wow, he's looking over Mike McCarthy's shoulder again. I, I don't. There's no way they actually believe this stuff. Because what they do is they call local media people and say, hey, what's really going on there? And a guy like Brian will tell them, uh, you know, it's just Jerry trying to sell interest in the game. Let's see how these games go, right? He's trying to get as many eyeballs. Like, Mike McCarthy's job is on the line all of a sudden. They, do they, 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 they don't really believe it, you know, but they're doing exactly what Bill Burr just talked about. And that is trying to throw out a topic that's going to get the most engagement, you know? And then you go to the refs. They're not trying to officiate the game based on what's a foul and what's not. They're trying to hit a, a, a quota for number of flags thrown throughout a game. Our eye is totally off the ball in all of these different ways. And, you know, I, I, I guess it doesn't matter because the ratings are still great. Um, and football is king and the media plays a absolute huge role in it. Um, and it's I, I guess it's funny when it's sports. There's yeah. my point. It's it's you know it's it's all right when it's sports, but that's how the the real world media operates as well, you know, and that's the terrifying thing. 
Crazy. Uh, so we'll, you know, we'll discuss that a little bit more, I'm sure, throughout the show. Let's get into the top ten. Okay. Uh, in honor of Just Married, we've got the top ten best romantic comedies from 2000 to 2009, as uh, Just Married released, of course, in that window. Now, uh, Eric, I know you're a noted rom-com guy. You know, of this period, we, we might have had some of the best that have ever been made. This was kind of a golden age for rom-coms. Do you have some that stood out to you? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of McConaughey's. There's a lot of Hugh Grant's. A lot of Hugh Grant's. Um, man, Love Actually was a banger. He, is he funny? Hugh Isn't Grant? That, yeah. He's just, uh, you know, he's he's charming, I would okay. say. He's charming. He's got the accent going for He does for the wrong part. Yeah, that's his, like, that's his Let's wheelhouse for sure. Like, when yeah. you start talking about range, you know, with actors, like, I think he's he's probably a touch limited there, but he's been in some bangers. Uh, and in this time frame that we're working with here, I would say, you know, two weeks notice, music and lyrics, him and Drew Barrymore. That's oh, a classic, dude. Is great. Uh, but him and Drew Barrymore in music and lyrics was fantastic. If you're if you're saying that Wedding Crashers is considered a rom com, yes, yeah, so you know, like the textures, is, is like, not getting love and that's on this fi- list. That's fine because I I go Which more comedy me. there. That's like, fine with me. I mean, because you could make it, any movie a rom, whatever rom action. Almost every movie has some level of love, something yes. for the most part. I horrible. think that is a romantic comedy. I mean, it's set around a wedding, and both of them end up with girlfriends at the end. So I think that that would qualify here certainly. Yes, because of the disrespect it's getting on this list, we're just putting it as a comedy, or else I would be really upset yeah. and offended. The holiday was really good Fantastic. with. Uh, Jack Black, as a matter of fact, and uh, Cameron Diaz, Jude Law, uh, but you know, I'm I'm trying to think. You know, there was Hitch. Hitch yep. is in, involved here, Hitch right? Is an honorable mention. On Fever this. Pitch. Let's put some sports I in the rom coms. Pitch. You didn't? I loved it. Oh yeah, I no. I, I I saw it in theaters. I, I watched. That's a movie that seemed to be on TV a lot on HBO. Fever Pitch was always on. Lucius. Yo. What's up, baby? Top rom-coms from 2000-2009. Yeah, so this is not really my genre of movies. That's upset to me. But I did watch the rom-coms in that little old window. Yeah. Now, you might not be familiar with them, though, because i got to stick to my roots. Let's do it. Uh, Brown Sugar. Mm-hmm. Brown Sugar. Fantastic movie. Uh, the Wood. Ooh, it's a great movie. movie. The Best Man. Best Man's good. Yeah. Love Jones. Love Jones is amazing. Boomerang is so funny. Damn it, I have not seen it. Uh, Love and Basketball. Dude, Love and Basketball is great. Thin line between love and hate is hilarious. Okay. Uh, poetic Justice. Poetic Justice. Yeah. Tupac movie there. Yeah. I would think, is, is Coming to America a rom-com? Yes. Yes. He's finding the romance. Put it on the list. Yeah. Coming to America. Absolutely. Eddie Murphy. Uh, and Brown Sugar was an honorable mention. He's got a good Christmas movie, by the way. That's what made me think of him. Kids really oh, liked it there. I've seen ad- ads for that. Was yeah. it good? Worth watching? Yes. Unique. Okay. Unique. Yeah. That's that's good for Christmas movies. A lot of them follow the same formula. Oh, Shell Hal getting some love. Mm. Now, I do love Crazy Stupid Love. I think it's an underrated film. That does not fit this timeline from 2000 to 2009. Good movie, though. Crazy Stupid Love was afterwards. Same with, I believe, Bridesmaids as well. A lot of love for, uh, like, Bridget Jones' Diary. That, that, that was honorable mention on here. The Wedding Planner. Oh. Jennifer Lopez. Yes, and Matthew McConaughey. Yeah, that's an honorable mention. Uh, how about Made in Manhattan Made with Manhattan J-Lo as well? Was, was 16. Yeah. And Along Came Polly. I don't know why Along Came Polly doesn't get more love on these lists. Yes, dude. Yes. That's that's fantastic. And it has a special place uh, in, in our heart, yes. you know, with, with the rim sesh open and everything no like doubt. that. Are you for uh, Scuba Ruben? How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. Uh, that's, Once again, Matthew whew, McConaughey Mike getting Thompson's it done. list. Number 10 is Knocked Up. Which is hilarious! Oh my gosh! And okay. definitely romantic comedy. Yeah, that that I, I I'm I was remiss in, in not bringing that one up. That is a as quotable a movie Very as quotable. you could find. Very quotable. 
Uh, the the man, the texture going off. Mr. Deeds, yeah, Mr. Deeds was great. You've got mail. I think might have been a '99 movie, so that just missed this cutoff. Wedding Crashers, please text that in as much as possible. Forty year old virgin. Forty year old virgin. That's there's some rom in there. There is some rom. There is some rom. And there's tons of com, but of com. plenty of rom. That's a fantastic film. Number uh, nine is Fifty First Dates. Very good. Yes. Really good movie. Uh, Barrymore and Adam Sandler. It's a good duo. They might be one of the best. That's probably one of those like TV stop and rewatch kind of movies. Yes. Like that with Hitch for me. I've probably seen that movie too many times. No doubt. Uh, we got to vote for Stuck on You from the text as well. That was underrated film. Is there a lot of ROM in that or, ah, or I comedy? Think that's a lot more common. Than ROM? Uh, number eight is My Big Fat Greek Wedding, which when I was a kid, that ended up being a big deal. People loved My Big Fat Greek Wedding. I've seen it yeah. one time. I actually never saw it. I can't never really call either. back to that one a lot. Uh, number seven, Miss Congeniality. Okay, yes, very good. Sandra Bullock. She really was, good movie. Yeah. She's a rocket. She looked like Michael Jackson in that movie. Yes, she <laughs> like Michael Jackson in the 90s after like the fifth surgery. Yeah. With the suit she's rocking with. Yeah. Oh, the, the nose. nose. The nose. Yeah, the nose. That's how she breathed. Number six, and I'm surprised this got so much love, uh, She's the Man. Which oh, I the liked soccer with Amanda movie? Bynes. Yeah, and I think that might have been like one of Channing Tatum's first ever movies. Yeah, yeah. Number five, 13 going on 30, Jennifer Garner. Hmm. I'm a fan of I'm a fan of the film. And that was um, Mark Ruffalo's, like, Mark, I feel like coming, yes. coming out party. I, that was the first thing I might have ever seen him in. Number four is uh, The Princess Diaries, Anne Hathaway, Julie Andrews. Never went there. Is that really? on Cinemax? Uh, no, that was oh. uh, an old Disney movie back in the day. It came out in 2001, I believe. That Maybe it was late night Cinemax. No, that, that's, a, that's a different princess one. It's, oh, I'm sorry. I was, that's what yeah. I was thinking of. No, that's, yeah. yeah. This is not the Lorno version. No. Oh, okay. No. Uh, when, when you said the Prince's Diaries, I was thinking of maybe that late night Cinemax one. American Pie, I also want to say, was 99, but some of the sequels would definitely fit in here. Number three is Legally Blonde with Reese Witherspoon. Getting some love. Okay, okay. Number two, surprises is this high, but is good. The Proposal, another Sandra Bullock movie Ooh. with Ryan Reynolds. Solid flick. It's good, but I don't know that I'd put it in the top ten. Mm. Number one, though, and I'm not going to fight this because I think it's fantastic and, and an all-time great rom-com, How to Lose a Guy in Ten Days. Mm. Yes. Um, it is it popular. Missing Hitch on this Hitch list. What about Can't oh, Buy Me yeah. Love? Did you like that one? Ah, I didn't see that one. You should go get that. Okay. Yeah. Take that home. But though. there's, I mean, I was overwhelmed with how many romantic comedies there were. Especially yeah. in this, well, know, yeah, because period. if you're ca- like some of these, I'm thinking it's just it's just calm, not really wrong. I never could quite put put my finger on why why I didn't like Forty Year Old Virgin, but I think I figured it out right there. It's a rom com. There you go. Mm. You know, I like my movies with no rom. You know, to each his own. That might be the first movie I saw with Kevin Hart in. It was my first Seth Rogen experience. Yeah, oh. we never seen Soul Plane, bro. I did see Soul Plane. Paper, so- was that Paper was Soldiers. That- no, I didn't see Paper Soldiers. Yeah, Soul Plane was funny. Yeah. Hell yeah. What classic in the hood, dog? What's that, 03? Uh, Bootlegs counted right there. It would have won an Oscar. (laughs) Bootlegs counted, I'm telling you. (laughs) Everybody had that joint. (laughs) David Hellman's coming up at 5 o'clock. We'll talk Cowboys Packers with him. Get his thoughts and memories reporting on this rivalry over the last decade. But we're getting, uh, wow, I still got that brisket in my throat. We're getting more Wolchuk here as a, a proper round trip or get the very latest on the Rangers as they set out on a statewide caravan to spread Texas Rangers love. That's next in the nation. Oh, thank you, Lucius. It is the G-Bag Nation here on 105.3 The Fan. We got David Hellman coming up at 5 o'clock. Wolchuk's going to get you a proper round tripper here on your home of the Rangers as pitchers and catchers reporting. Creeps closer, buddy. How we doing over there?
Yeah, well, they have added uh, a couple of arms here. The Rangers have signed right-handed pitchers Shane Green, Jonathan Holder, and Austin Pruitt to minor league contracts with spring training invitations. Pruitt is a Plano native. He grew up in the Woodlands, had 38 appearances for Oakland last year, did have a sub-3 ERA, so that's probably the most notable. He's 34 years old, and uh, that's a guy that, hey, I mean, I think that they're trying to just compile as many of these dudes as they can. Yeah, credible arms. Yeah, Yeah. and, you know, maybe they've dealt with a a change of scenery, some injury issues. You never know. You catch lightning in a bottle. They were able to do it with Will Smith for a few months last year, and that's what they're trying to do here. Yeah. And, And maybe that'll work out. I also think there is still, you know, the possibility with Jordan Montgomery out there that that eventually happens. And shout out to our friends over at Hurtado Barbecue. They offered Jordan Montgomery over the weekend uh, free barbecue for life if the pitcher resigned with Texas down? Rangers. I don't know. Especially as a big man, you know, like big, big man Monty, you got to take that, like, that offer with some pride and be like, okay, they finally met all my requirements. Of course I'm going to resign. I think Ken Rosenthal was on earlier this week with MLB Network, and, and again, I mean, he restressed that while there's certainly a lot of teams that are in the market, whether yeah. it's the Yankees, the Mets, mm-hmm. the Rangers still seem like the most likely for Jordan Montgomery to go back to. I just I, I felt like that the longer this went, the better chance the Rangers had. Seriously. Getting emotional. I would yeah, very because I'm thinking about drinking at the World Series parade again. It, and it brings up those memories. Up. I mean, yeah, yesterday I miss when we it had too. The, yeah. the commissioner's trophy in here. Are you kidding yeah. me? I I don't think there was a dry in the house. Other than, of course, we were very excited because we announced our extension partnership as the home yeah. of the Texas Rangers, which hey, is exciting. Did you guys like that? I was asking about more day baseball, though. Okay, it was that that kind of. I got some. I got so took one for the team there. I tried. We got, we got the tease. I was trying to help us. We got the tease from John Blake that the uh, primetime games are going to be announced oh, in full we did. schedule. That's right, yeah. So I've got those. So the season's going to open against the Cubbies, uh, which will be a national game on ESPN. It'll be a 635 start, not a day game. But then on Monday, they're going to take on the Tampa Bay Rays, which will be a national game. That'll be a 550 p.m. first pitch. Uh, day games, if you want those that are not a weekend game. How about Monday uh, at Boston, they've got an early start oh, time that's, there. That's, that's a that's a 12.05, That's it? a nice one. Yeah. Otherwise, the majority of your national day games will be on Saturdays. So you're going to get a lot of Saturday day oh. baseball with about 3 o'clock start I times. love day baseball, Dawson. I don't know about you. I do, too, but I just love connecting with the audience and being on this show for as many hours a day, oh. Ryan. Yeah. Yeah. Contracts no, coming up. I know, but I, we could think about that because sometimes we have to, like, have day baseball, and then we get to connect afterwards. We do. Yeah. That is ideal. Yeah, You're right that, about that. that that's what I, yeah. that's the, I do love that's, being at the ballpark. You get the earlier start, and then we're able to just hang out with the Tolos and party. I like doing the show here in studio, and it's it's the thing I miss most maybe about baseball season is every single day walking into the studio and having Broadus go right to the TV remotes and asking, got any day baseball on any today? Day baseball on? <laughs> Knowing good and well that we definitely have some day baseball on somewhere baseball around on the Brian. sport. It's on television. The Cubs are on every damn day. I love that, dude. He's a creature of habit. I, we got you. Best I, champions are. I'm just going to say this, Eric. I'm planning on you and I and others sitting down in that those seats again this year, that down there, yes. down behind the dugout, letting yes. you like spill drinks all over the the family, the owner's family, you know, and stuff like that. Never forget our first time down there was the uh, clincher and the yeah. DS. Yeah. It was amazing. Was amazing. It really was. Uh, now the Astros games. Okay, the first time they're going to get the Astros on national TV. Sunday night baseball in Arlington, dun, 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 dun. April seventh. Like oh, It'll be a six ten first go. pitch. And then the following Saturday, they're going to be back in Houston 
That'll be a 305 first pitch. Everybody's going to want to circle, hey, when do we get the uh, revenge games, Rangers and Astros? I thought Astros. you were going to say that stupid thing you always do, the circle the wagons thing. That's only for the Buffalo Bills. Oh, Nobody you circles the circle wagons. and I just kind of went, oh, no, I no. listen uh, to this garbage again. You love that. Don't you lie to yourself over there, okay? And she's keep fun fighting, and then we'll get back to you in a little Man, bit. Man, this is a struggle right now. It really is. What? The the, the cold season. Yeah. I, I mean, Gavin's dealing with it, too, over here. Yeah. I, I thought it might be the brisket. but it, It's it's because of our teammate over there for the last month. Oh, Hawk and the Loogies? Oh, God. It's finally caught up? Yeah. You've done a good it's job, been, though. First of all, give me my credit. It's been three months of me having to deal with this. Yeah. Okay? <laughs> and Nothing's changed. Just as you it. point the finger at me, I pointed at my children. Nothing's changed. Wow. Uh, Such a dad. Rumorushki's about Trevor Bauer, boys. <laughs> What do we got? Trevor Bauer's getting back into the Major League Baseball. This is now kind of minor league contract steam. with who? Uh, he has not signed with anybody. Oh. There were some rumors about the Rangers and why it would make sense. Well, obviously, they could use another starting pitcher, right? They don't have a lot of their arms until post All Star break due to injury. Yeah, that makes it a no brainer. Yeah, why He'll not? He'll wear out his welcome in 10 weeks. Yeah, and then you just move when on. the guys yeah. are getting healthy. That's actually not a bad idea. Now, Evan Grant says that the likelihood of this happening, not high. If the Rangers oh. are going to spend significant dollars on a free agent pitcher, they're going to do it on Jordan Montgomery. And if they want to take okay. a risk on a guy, it's probably going to be Clayton Kershaw because of the connection with him and Chris Young. Okay. So you I know, don't, hey, pick pick one of the three. I'd be fine with either one. I'd be in on that. I really just want to get we're not, Montgomery We're not going to find out about Montgomery until we're into camp. If, if the Rangers get him back, Boris is going to play this thing out. There's He's no reason for him out. to be in a hurry. Well, and right now, it's I mean, it's not great. Is it terrible that I want Montgomery, the bad guy, and then Kershaw? You want all of them? No, I want in the order. I would take Montgomery, bad guy, and okay, Kershaw. That's the order. That's the order I would take. Uh, honestly, it's probably the order in which they are capable of playing right now. Like, if you're stacking who's the best pitcher, like, I think Bauer right now might be better than Kershaw, and he's not hurt quite as often. Yeah. But, I mean, as a locker room guy, that's the question mark. Do they want to mess with Dude, that? I mean, I just had the vision of Kershaw in that playoff game against the Diamondbacks. He's had some bad his... playoff moments. Could you go to Bauer and just say, hey, listen, we're going to give you all the money like you never left? Don't talk to anybody. Just don't show up. I'm going to put it in the contract. Time. Can't talk to anybody. Can he just show up that. to pitch? Yeah. Yeah, literally. Yeah. Just show you up can to do pitch. that. If he, I, if he pitches well, I'll go, I'll go pick him up every day for he's work. He's a guy that's used the sticky stuff before, and that's why they've had to use those new rules where we're checking the glove after every inning. <laughs> yeah, so it's an issue. Answer if I've ever seen it. Yeah. The Athletic gave out their midterm offseason report. Rangers didn't grade out well. They got a C. Really? Because they haven't done much. Hey, Kirby man. Yates and Tyler Malley. That's their only addition. It's a C for, ch- for championship. Yeah, championship, bro. The where good thing is the rest of the American League really hasn't done a lot either. In fact, the uh, Mariners have been getting rid of parts. You had Te- uh, Teoscar Hernandez end up signing with the Dodgers. The Dodgers are the only, the big team that's been a spender. Then the Braves made some sprinkled ankle moves here and there. But so far in the American League, which is, of course, where the Rangers are the reigning champions, uh, you know, not, not a whole lot in terms of competition there. The Dylan Cease rumors are heating up, though, as well. And there is a trade proposal for Dylan Cease. I wonder if we'd be interested in this for the Rangers. Yes. Rangers would get Dylan Cease. They'd also get uh, Garrett Crochet, who's a lefty from the Chicago White Sox, in an exchange for Justin Foscue, who might end up being your DH if they don't want to go with Wyatt Langford right away. Owen White, right-handed pitcher. Dustin Harris, who can play both first base and outfield. Jo- uh, Josh Stefan. And then Emiliano Teodo, the right-handed pitcher as well. So a bunch of just guys that I don't know yeah. if they're ever going to develop and do anything in the Rangers organization for an all-star border young Cy Young pitcher, sign me up for this Dylan Cease trade, please. Yeah, I think I only recognize two of those Ranger names. Wolchuk, you got a deal. And that's important. (laughs)
Thank you, sir. My pleasure. Okay, uh, coming up next here, our Cowboys conversation will resume. David Hellman joins us in the nation. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. Back clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You said my world on even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 